Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 67 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Oh, hi, Steve. This is Chris. Oh, hi, Chris. I didn't do that last week, right? I don't think you did. No, I said Happy New Year last week. You did say Happy New Year It was actually two weeks ago. We skipped last week. It was two weeks ago. Yeah, last week uh, we we, we took off, but it wasn't because we were being lazy. Yeah, I, I got a story. Go ahead. Well, when I woke up on... Sunday, yeah. I had no running water in my house. It's not good. Pipes froze up. Yeah. Took How did you end up uh, fixing it? Well, I spent like uh, I don't know, like an hour and a half in the crawl space in in like two separate attempts to find a frozen pipe, unsuccessfully. And I'm like, well, I so I have city water, so I also have a water meter at the street under like um a water company like little cover. Uh, right. pop that thing off. I'm like, might as well check. And sure enough, that's where it was frozen. Good call. So, so would you call the city? Uh, I actually just stuck a heater in there, and then, like after five minutes, the water started running again. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, so I basically didn't need to spend all that time in the crawl space, but... Aww. yeah, I mean, you got to find the root of the problem. <sighs> Most people would just assume it's underneath the house. I did. I didn't... I Yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah, last week was rough between that and the, the huge snowstorm we got down here in South Jersey. Yes, it we, was, uh, we got a lot of snow. Yeah, it was, it was busy just between taking care of the houses and and whatnot so we were not able to record so we apologize but we appreciate everybody coming back this week uh, a guy i work with though he also had uh, some frozen pipes and he his method was to take a hair dryer and just sit at the pipe with the hair dryer yes that's what i would have done i actually i actually had a heat gun which is like a little more like a industrial hair dryer uh, right. and i was gonna just try to find the pipe and use that and that's what I ended up putting down the uh, the water meter hole. I put it in there. Have you ever thought of um, getting your pipes insulated? Uh, no, and I actually, I I would like to do something like that where these pipes froze. But when I was in the crawl space, even though it was like in the single digits, it was like forty degrees in there. So I don't think I have a oh, wow. risk of pipes freezing in my crawl space after this. It's just adventure. it's just that city area. Yes, because it's not so that deep. It's not that time. it's not that far underground. Right, so you know next time, that's that's where you got to go. Just make sure you heat that up a little bit and get it going. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, it stinks, too, that happened, because we had plans to go uh, check out a concert in New Brunswick. Yeah, we were very upset to have to miss that. Yeah, I actually have the playlist. I forgot to send it to you in case you want to sit down and uh, and listen to all the songs that they played. Oh, thanks, Steve. That's really nice. That way you can uh, feel like you were there. I didn't want it to send it to you that day, because I didn't want to like pour salt on an open wound and be like, hey, this is what you could have been listening to today. Because that's not what I meant. Oh, I wouldn't have thought that. Don't worry. Okay, good. Did you guys have a good time? So, uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, they played. What, what it basically was for our listeners is it was a um, kind of like a medley of different science fiction and uh, fantasy soundtracks. Mostly, it was like titled um, Star Wars, Star Trek, and Beyond, and like music from sci-fi. 
and they did like a lot of John Williams. Uh, they did some Star Trek, some uh, John Williams Superman, uh, Close Encounters, 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, Michael Gene Kino's Star Trek theme. Um, but it was, uh, it was really good. Uh, actually, one of the actresses from Star Trek The Next Generation was there. The actress who plays uh, Commander Troy, I believe her name is. I, I was never a Star Trek television fan. I wasn't a big fan either, but I believe I know who that is. Yeah, I mean, after I looked who, uh, her up like during intermission, I saw her picture, I knew exactly who she was. But, was uh, so was she, she like the kind of tall blonde? She was like bushy brown hair. Uh, maybe uh, maybe I don't know who it is then. Commander Troy? Yeah, Commander Troy. T-R-O-I, I believe her name. You spell the Troy? I believe in the show, her partner oh, was... Okay. That's actually is who I was thinking of. I just apparently didn't remember her hair color. Yeah, it's like brown, bushy hair, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so she was there, and uh, she did the the captain's log reading, like the or the captain's oath, the space final frontier. You know, these are the voyages, you know. And uh, that was pretty cool. But uh, they had like a costume contest, uh, which was mainly kids. So I'm kind of happy I didn't dress up because that would have been embarrassing. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was a good time, and uh, we missed that you guys weren't able to be there. But hopefully next time. We'll see what happens. Hopefully your pipes don't freeze up again. Well, next time I'll find it much faster. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll know the root of the problem. Um, so I, we got a tweet I want to just bring up real quick um, from one of our fans, good fan of the show, Andy Baker. Uh, so if you remember, Chris, last two weeks ago when we were talking about our 2017 recap and we did our Who Would Win the Tomato Meter, he recommended that whoever wins the Who Would Win Tomato Meter, their prize can be uh, being a guest on the show. So something we could possibly flirt with. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, we haven't had any fans yet on the show. We know we talk about how we want this to be very fan interactive. But uh, there's just a lot of technical logistics we'd have to work with. And in case there are different time zones, we'd also have to put that into effect. Uh, yeah, also. There, yeah, there's a lot of little things that have been hindrances. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, something that we're not not against doing, but um, definitely something worth taking into consideration. So thank you, Andy, for reaching out to us. We did see that, and uh, something we're gonna we're gonna look into. Uh, Chris, anything you want to add before? We're I, I would like to add about? one thing. Go ahead. I would like to uh, congratulate the Philadelphia Eagles for their um, divisional championship win today. Nice job. Yes, uh, they, they were recording this on on Saturday, so they just they just won like forty five minutes ago, like an hour ago. What what was your thoughts going into it? What was your thoughts during it? And obviously, we know your thoughts after it. But it was you, the most stressful football game I've seen in a very long time. And that's saying something. Being an Eagles fan, because you guys, <laughs> we were kind of spoiled this year because they actually won a, a good amount of their games by a wide margin, where it like wasn't stressful at the end, right? So we get to this playoff game and we were really sweating it out, especially after how they played in the first half. It was, it was not promising, but the fact that they were only down ten to nine at halftime yeah, was really that, that like was something to be thankful about. Should have been ten ten too, just that extra well, kick that almost came back to hurt them too. It almost did. Yep. Luckily, it all worked out. Nick Foles played a great third quarter. Eagles defense had a good a good game, a whole game really. Did you hear some of the stats that were interesting? Uh, Defense-wise, the Eagles' defense has not let up a point in the last two minutes of any I game. I saw they season. put that up right when the when the Falcons were <laughs> right on like the ten yard line, and I was like, and I was like, well, there it good goes. Good time to break that record, yeah. 
and then, and then they, they did. Other, oh my gosh, that was yeah, that's good. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so they did that 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 stands. And then also another interesting uh, statistic was any time two bird teams have played each other in the playoffs, so Eagles, Falcons, Seahawks, Cardinals, or uh, what's the fifth one? Ravens. Ravens. Thank you. When any of those teams have played each other in the playoffs, the home team has won nine out of nine times. So now it's 10 out of 10 times. Wow. That seems like a coincidence, but 10 times. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. They were calling it nest field advantage. (laughs) Or home nest advantage. That's what it was. So how does that... We'd have to see how that compares to just regular home field advantage. Because maybe, you know, if the home team does win more often, maybe it's not that much of a of an anomaly i don't know yeah i'm not sure i'd be curious yeah how those games played out i'd have to i'd have to do some research as to how often two bird teams play each other in the playoffs i wonder if there's um, ever 10 been a, times i believe a, well yeah this is true <laughs> thanks chris you're welcome um i'd be curious like what the score was and i'm also curious has there ever been a bird super bowl two birds playing each other in the super bowl uh i don't know probably but I can't think. You would of think, but I don't know. I mean, the Falcons have been in some recent Super Bowls, but the, I don't think they played another bird. The Seahawks have been in some. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't well, think of any. We're really good at predicting things on this show, so it's not going to happen this season because I think the Eagles are the only bird team left. I believe so that is correct. So next season, two bird teams will be in the Super Bowl. We're calling it here, folks. That's what we do here at the Who Would Win Cast. <laughs> we'll probably both forget that we called it. But you know what? I forgot. I was looking up uh, last year's Super Bowl because I was curious who did the halftime show. And then I was looking at like fun facts about that Super Bowl. I forgot that that's the first Super Bowl that went to overtime. And when we did last year's Who Would Win Super Bowl edition, we said no Super Bowl has ever gone into overtime. And we're like, well, maybe this one will. I remember that, Steve. That was yeah. just one of our many predictions. That's right. One of our many and strong predictions. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I just wanted to get that Eagles. in there. Oh, I, I mean, pretty, I don't blame you. It like I, just got Giants, over like, I don't know what, like 30 minutes, like half hour ago. So pretty, yeah. pretty riding high off that. Hey, I don't blame you. If the Giants would have won a one of one of would have won a fourth game this year, <laughs> I would have done the exact same thing. Hey, you, you won more games than the Cleveland Browns. Hey, I'll take it. Did they have their parade? I, think I they believe did. they did. I think they did. Yeah, yes. I forgot to watch that. It was supposed to be really cold, too. <laughs> Good for them. I'm going to have to find pictures of that. I'm curious to see that. Congratulations, Cleveland Browns, joining the Lions as the only team to go 0-16. I think there have been a couple other teams, but I don't think it was the 16 games. I was going to say, yeah. I I actually thought the Browns were the first team to lose in a 16-game season, but if you're saying the Lions did too, I believe was, you. Yeah, it was the 2007 Lions. Okay. Yeah, they, they were the first team to do it. Because I remember my friend in high school, we were freshmen, but then he was like, yeah, baby, let's do it. He was really excited. Well, you got to have something to cheer for, right? That's right, yeah. Hey, first pick in the draft. Take it as a win. All right, so remember, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about Girl Scout cookies today. Yeah, the classic, delicious. It is the onset Girl of Girl Scout cookie season. It is. It's coming around the corner. I think it's right around this time. I haven't seen any out yet. Have Me you? neither, but I've, heard, I've started to hear whispers of them. 
you know, you usually in the office buildings or wherever you go to work, you'll hear someone say, oh, my daughter is, and you automatically know right then and there, Girl Scout cookies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you, uh, are you a big fan? Or like when someone says we're selling Girl Scout cookies, do you try to stay away? No, I'm a huge fan. I spend yeah. so much money on Girl Scout cookies. Almost exclusively you, Thin Mints. Are, so you're a Thin Mint guy? Absolutely. 100%. Have you tried the Thin, thin Mint ice cream? Uh, I don't think. I mean, I've had like similar ones that were like obviously supposed to be that, but is there an ice cream called Thin Mint ice cream? There, there is like a Girl Scout cookie branded. Yeah. I've never thin tried mint that. ice cream. I've never tried. Yeah, that. I've never tried that either. And I, they also, and I'm ninety nine percent sure this is right. There is a Girl Scout Thin Mint breakfast cereal. I have tried that. You have tried. Okay, yes. So it does exist. Yeah. It it is basically like chocolate cookies. With minty flavors. Like, it doesn't taste exactly like Thin Mints, because, I mean, they couldn't be that obvious and just put small Thin Mints and sell them as children's cereal. But it's basically that. That would have been genius. I mean, that's pretty much what Cookie Crisp did. Yeah, that's it. They just took cookies. They're just small cookies. I wonder, is that Nabisco? Who owns Cookie Crisp? I'm curious. They just take that and just package it. Ooh, something new. Yeah, that was, pretty, big, that was a pretty genius move. I was like, I'm a I'm a big fan of the caramel delights. Ah, uh, they used to be my second favorite, but I've kind of they've kind of lost my favor recently. See, the th- the thing I'll I'll give you about caramel delights is you can't eat too many because they just get too sweet, in my opinion. Yes, like, that, I can only that is my issue. They're, have, like, they're too sweet for me now. Yeah, I but, moved um, on. Like I like the like shortbread one. I forgot the. So they just they do they have one that's just called shortbread or something like that. Yes. And then I also like the thank yous, which is like a butter cookie oh. with chocolate on one side. That's when it says thank you in different languages on it, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh huh. So. Yeah, the Girl Scout cookies. I mean, they're really good. Um, definitely, they're around usually this time of the year for some reason. I don't know why it's this time, but outside your your local supermarket or pot distilleries, if you're in Colorado, you'll see Girl Scouts sitting outside. Have you heard those stories? Um, no, but that sounds like a good business move. Yeah, they would. The Girl Scout, the Girl Scouts would sit outside uh, marijuana distilleries or whatever you'd call them. In I know definitely dispensaries. in Colorado, dispensaries. Yeah, uh, I know in Colorado. I don't know if in Washington or what's Oregon. Do they do it in Oregon? I can't I think keep track. So but I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, and they would like make a killing on it with all the people going in and out of there. Wow. Not a not a bad business model. They could make just as much money if they camped outside my house. <laughs> well, if we have any fans listening, let us know. Maybe we'll give you Chris's address, and uh, uh, you can. I'm already mm-hmm. like promised to like two different people selling Girl Scout cookies, though. So I don't know how much I can hand. How much like there is a point where I might have too many Girl Scout cookies. Right, you have to stop at one point. But it's going to be pretty high, so I'll see how it goes. All right, cool. Uh, a little fun fact here about Girl Scout cookies. It started in 1917, so this past year was the 100th anniversary of the Girl Scout cookies, and it started when a small troop was holding a little bake sale of just sugar cookies. And uh, it has since then grown into this multi-million dollar operation uh, that they that they do every year. And it, do you have an idea of how much money they make every year on Girl Scout cookies? Um, Let's see. It's like four bucks a box. I don't know if that's everywhere in the country, but it's four dollars here a box. Um, I buy about a hundred boxes, so that's what would be what, like four hundred dollars. Carry the one, um, like 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 five million dollars. 
$700 million. <laughs> I was so far off. You're in the millions, though, so I'll give you that. Yeah, but I was still off by like yeah. two factors of 10. <laughs> yeah. You... $700 million of Girl Scout cookies? A year. Since the year 1989, they brought in about $700 million a year. Wow, good about for you, Girl Scouts. 200 million boxes are sold every year. 75% of the proceeds go to that local unit, while 25% goes to the bakeries that bake the cookies. You know, thinking about it, that was a pretty bad guess. I should have guessed, like, way higher. That's because you were focusing on your See, the, what, you what spent, happened was you, I was focusing on making that joke about me buying 100 boxes myself that I yeah. didn't really bother to try to, like, guesstimate how many boxes. Like, well, what would you say? They sell how many boxes a year? Uh, about 200 million. Oh, okay. I still would have never guessed that high. But I should have guessed way higher. It's yeah. It's it's tough it's tough <sighs> to tell. It really is. Anyway. But Steve, have you ever wondered who would be good at selling Girl Scout cookies? I have, Chris. Like what fictional character would like be really good at it? Yeah, I've always thought who would win selling Girl Scout Me too. cookies. Me too. Yeah. And finally, we have the platform to hash out this battle. That's right. Let's do it. So that's what we're gonna, exactly what we're going to do. Let's pitch both of our characters selling Girl Scout cookies. Chris, who are you going with in this fight? I have chosen experienced salesman Tommy Callahan Jr., a.k.a. Tommy Boy, uh, played by Chris Farley in the 1995 film Tommy Boy. Very nice. Good choice. Uh, that film also starred uh, David Spade. And, and it also uh, starred with, Rob Lowe. With Brian Dennehy, Bo, uh, Bo Derek, Dan Aykroyd. And an uncredited Rob Lowe. Yeah. He played the person who was like really married to uh, the wife, right? Yes. You yeah, kind of gave the, away the a bit of a artist. spoiler. Oh, sorry. But the movie Tommy is Boy. eight or like it's 18 20, years old. So. 23 years old, yeah. Wait. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah, you're right. 23 years old. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. All right. Spoilers after 20 years is okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, great movie, great comedy, classic 90s comedy. Really good Chris Farley. I think it was only like three years before he died as well. I think it was one of his last performances because he died. When did he die? Let's see. So this movie came out May 26, 1995, and Chris Farley died in December 18th, 1997. So this came out about a year and a half before he died. Oh, even closer than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, his last his last film I think he had two that were released after his passing. Uh, Almost Heroes was released after he died, which was like the Lewis and Clark movie. I don't know if you ever saw that before. No, I never saw that one. I actually had to watch that in school. I took a class called History Through Film and when we learned about the Louisiana Purchase, that's how we learned about <laughs> Lewis and Clark. Whatever works for you. Yeah. And then uh, another film came out in 1998. 1998 also called dirty work which um he was uncredited in but it came after his death it was posthumously released hmm. he was also the star of black sheep in 1996 and beverly hills ninja in 1997 and he was very very well known for being on saturday night live also yes yeah 33 that was that's a shame it really is yeah so if you haven't seen Tommy Boy, which I would highly recommend you see it, unless you like really hate Chris Farley's comedy, because it's like it's pretty much what would happen if you like just let Chris Farley loose on a movie set and filmed it. Do what he wants to do. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he plays the son of a very well-known auto parts factory owner in Ohio. 
Uh, his dad's name is Tom Callahan. They call him Big Tom Callahan, so he's Tommy Boy. Um, so he's he's not the smartest guy. He's actually kind of dumb. There's a funny joke where uh, he he tells someone he tells David Spade's character he's like, "I gradu I finally graduated college," and the, David Spade says something like, "Oh, it took you seven years." And he says, lots of people go to college for seven years. And David Spade says, yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> and um, But luckily, uh, Tommy Boy's going to get a position at his dad's factory. But uh, unluckily, Tommy's dad has been seduced by Bo Derek's character, who is just marrying him for his money. Eventually, he's going to file for divorce and get half of his assets. Yeah, but she gets a break when um, Tommy Callahan's dad dies suddenly. Right. So she hopes to just cash in on all the money, sell the factory, make out for everything. And it's up to uh, Chris Farley, Tommy Boy, to try to save the factory. Makes a deal with the board of directors, right? Yes, I believe they they have a certain amount of brake pads they need to sell to, to keep the factory open. Right. So he's going to go on the road with his friend David Spade and try to do it. And that's where you get the uh, the sales aspect of his yes, of his skills. Gonna, he try, the movie is about him and his brake pad sales, among okay. other things. It's about you know other things too. Fair enough. All right. Anything else you want to add? Um, no, that is my background on Tommy Boy. Great. So uh, I am going with uh, the young Michelle Elizabeth Tanner from the hit TV show Full House. And her non-appearance in the Netflix series Fuller House. Uh, everyone pretty much knows Michelle Tanner. She is the youngest daughter to Danny Tanner, the sister of DJ and Stephanie. She was played by Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Um, and in the when the character is first introduced in season one, she's basically an infant. I mean, she's she's just a baby. And as the as the show goes on, uh, she pretty much grows up on screen. And um, I believe there were eight or nine seasons of the show. Can't really remember off the top of my head. So, um, but Michelle, uh, she's just she's just one of the girls, one of the daughters, and uh, she's very she's very well rounded. She has a lot of friends in school. Uh, she is considered to be a good student, just like her sisters. She um, has a lot of friends. One of her best friends is Teddy, who is played by. The Mari brother. I can't remember what his name is for the life of me. Remember T and Tamara Mari? Uh, yes, I do. I forget what their brother's name. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, it, uh, Taj. Taj Mari is his name. I was going to so say he, that. It didn't sound right to me for some reason. Yeah, so he plays uh, Teddy, who's one of Michelle's friends. Um, Michelle, uh, in the series, she is a member at one point of the honeybees, which is essentially the show's version of the girl scouts. So that is one of the reasons why I am going with this. Okay. Um, she, I mean, she's, she's nice. Uh, she has like a little fire in her since she is like a little young, you know, kid. And, and um, that's kind of basically just her little bit about her background. I mean, she's just basically a child in, in the show. I mean, it's, she's not really like a main character. But um, I do have some other things about her that I'll add in as we uh, as we go along that'll that'll add to my case. All right, we'll see how that case goes. Yeah. Okay, so you wanna wanted me to lay out my argument for Tommy Boy here. All right, let's see what you got. My my thesis statement. <laughs> Not really a statement. It's actually just a bunch of tangentially I mean, related points. Okay. First 
point, his sales experience. Okay. He is a salesman. That is his main job. The whole movie Tommy Boy is about him selling, and in fairness, attempting to sell, and sometimes failing, uh, brake pads to uh, auto parts stores. So, so those skills going from, from brake pads can apply to cookies. Well, here's the thing, Steve. All right. And this is really the crux of my argument. Okay. I don't know if that's the correct use of the word crux. You know what? <laughs> crutch? Maybe crutch? No, for, forget I said that. Just pretend I said this is the main part of my argument. Fair enough. Tommy Boy is going to go for bulk sales of Girl Scout cookies. Oh, He's okay. going to bypass the, you know, person-to-person, door-to-door sales tactics that the Girl Scouts have been using for years, if not decades. And he <laughs> will sell boxes by the truckloads to so, to stores. So he, so he's going to go so I, but I feel like that's what girl scouts do today though. Like like I don't think a lot of girl scouts go door to door anymore. Most girl scouts park themselves in front of a store no, 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 and they no. have a We're going one step beyond that. We're just going to sell like a million boxes to Walmart. <laughs> You're going straight to Walmart. And this sell 700 million boxes to Walmart. 700 million boxes. That's more than the, the average 200 million boxes. I I know. Well, this is Walmart we're talking about. We're gonna. Okay. We have. A, they have a worldwide distribution network. Okay. So so you're going straight to Walmart, okay. among others. Like I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, we're going straight to Walmart. <laughs> All right, then I'm just gonna go to Target. Um, no, I'm kidding. See, it's gonna be hard for Michelle Tanner because in addition to having no sales experience because she is a child, she also doesn't have a car. Tommy Boy is old enough to drive and has a car, or can borrow David Spade's. His friend. Okay, so, but now something I want to bring up here is that I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, Girl Scouts, don't they have to be girls? Okay, I, I was, I, I figured you'd bring this up. Right. So here's here's how we're going to get around this. Uh, Tommy Boy is not, in fact, himself a female. However, oftentimes, uh, they're the the Girl Scouts' parents will help them with their sales. So I am proposing, okay. since Tommy Boy came out in 1995, he had plenty of time to marry the female character that he loves at the end and have children with, and one of them could be Girl Scout age. Okay, so so Tommy Boy is helping out his daughter here. In just your just like we buy Girl Scout cookies from people's parents that we work with. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Now, have you ever had uh, someone go up to you and say, hey, do you want to buy you know, $200 million worth of Girl Scout cookies? No, I have not. Okay, so that might be a big step for him. Just And where's he going to get all the boxes? Like, I don't know if the Girl Scouts will have enough to no, meet they, his demands. You're right, they won't. He'll outsell the Girl Scouts' capacity for production. Okay. I mean, that's basically, so, that's, you so, win. I mean, I guess You've sold that, that all the cookies winning. at that point. This is true. Okay. <laughs> All right, I see what you're saying. I wanna I'm gonna go back to something you just you just did here talking about Michelle saying Michelle has no sales experience. Yep. 1994 episode Full House. You pet it, you bought it. Michelle has her own lemonade stand and makes two hundred dollars in a matter of I don't know maybe it's like half hour hour or so. I mean right then and there she's proving that she has experience 
in taking uh, a product I that mean, everybody enjoys and selling it and making a huge profit. I would say she got lucky. She was at the right place at the right time. Sometimes that happens with Girl Scout cookies, though. Sometimes Girl Scouts stand out there. It, it's it's kind of luck. There's no guarantee that you're going to be able to sell all of those to Walmart. No, not at all. That's why, I mean, Tommy Boy's willing to drive across the country selling Girl Scout cookies if he has to. He'll, he'll take... He'll go through a hundred no's, and he'll eventually sell, say, get a yes. He sold half a million brake pads to Zelensky Auto to save the company after you know the whole movie of failures. But didn't Zelensky just like want to buy the name or something? Yes, but he still bought okay. half a million brake pads. <laughs> I think I think he was trying to take control of the company or something. Uh, he he was. He kind of tricked him. What would end up happening with Tommy Boy is he would go to Walmart and Walmart would be like, yeah, sure, sign this piece of paper. And Tommy wouldn't even read it. And the piece of paper would say that. That's why he has Richard, a.k.a. played by David Spade, to help him out. So now now you're having someone else help him out, too. Like, this guy's not related to Tommy's daughter. This just seems like it has nothing to do with the girl. Is is his, is his daughter going to be there with him when he does these multi-million dollar deals? Is she going to be the one doing the talking? She's no she's going to be there for like the like the photo op, the handshake, the the signing and stuff. But like okay. the hashing out the deal, that's all Tommy boy. That's what he does. Yeah, I I feel like if I was a parent in that uh it's not a, it's not a tribe. What's that called? It's a uh, um a brownie pan. A brownie pan. <laughs> a Girl Scout. Or the, the Scout? Troop. Club? Troop. That's what I'm thinking of. If I was a parent in that troop, I would be so pissed off with you. With Tommy Boy. Oh, I, I agree. It, this guy, he's just, he, he's he's not really, he he's out for himself. He He's not really out to help his, I mean, I feel like he is trying to help his daughter, but he's not letting her learn the true uh, experiences and real life journey that the Girl Scouts are supposed to be experiencing while they're selling their Girl Scout cookies. He's, well, he's kind of shortchanging his daughter. You know what? This is not a Full House episode. This is the Who Would Win podcast where we play to win. And I'm playing right. to sell millions of Girl Scout cookies. All right. You got to do what you got to do. So let's talk a little bit more about Michelle's lemonade sales. Yeah, so lemonade sales two hundred dollars. Do you know how she was able to have such a profitable lemonade stand? I don't remember off the top of my head. She uh, set up her stand near a construction site. That's what it was. Yes. So, so I don't remember if, if she realized that would be a good idea or if she got lucky. I think she probably did realize it was a good idea. That's what I'm so, saying. So she she knows the target market. Plus she knows plus one what, point for for salesmanship. Yeah, she 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 knows who her buyers are, and she knows what they want michelle if michelle tanner was around today rest her soul she would be that kid who parked outside she did not die just just so everyone knows listening i don't know why steve said rest her soul (laughs) she's pretty much dead on the show because she refused to come back basically yeah (laughs) if she was a lot if michelle tanner was a little girl today selling girl scout cookies she would be the one who would park outside of a marijuana selling building in colorado and she would be like this is where people are going to buy the most girl scout cookies like she would be one of those smart kids who came up with that idea i i can't really debate that but i can knock your business acumen with her failure to manage her profits 
Do you okay. know what she did with her two hundred dollar lemonade stand profits in that episode? So, so she had some ideas. Right. Okay. She was thinking. She was thinking of taking them to a candy store and buying a bunch of candy. I think that was her original yes, plan. I believe that was her plan. Yes. And instead, she bought a donkey at a petting zoo. That is correct. She bought a donkey. Yes. So, would you say so, that's a wise investment? Did uh, that no. Yeah, that was not a wise investment. However, there's two different things here between uh, Michelle with the with the lemonade money and Michelle with the Girl Scout money. Now, Michelle with the Girl Scout money, she has to report that money back to her troop. And she is well aware of that fact. She has to give that money back because that money goes towards her troop. And being a member of the Honeybees, she has experience with doing what is good for the best of her her kind, her people, her friends, her troop. So she knows that if she doesn't deliver on what she's supposed to do, everybody's going to hate her. And she doesn't want that. She does not want people to hate her. Now, in that instance in the show, that was purely profit of her own. That is her money that she could do whatever she wanted with. And she chose to buy a donkey. Was that the best decision? No, but that was her money to do so. Okay, so I want to raise one one other point. Okay. Um, I believe the main reason she chooses to buy this donkey is because she gets kind of talked into it by one Kimmy Gibbler. Yes, Kimmy uh, was not a good call to take. To so I'm worried her, that Kimmy Gibbler will try to help, and I'm using air quotes because you can't see them, uh, Michelle's Girl Scout cookie sales. And in trying to help, she will uh, create some type of fiasco and hurt her sales well super clear cut if a if i'm michelle i would say stay away easier said than done have you ever met kimmy gibbler uh not in person but through a television screen i have (laughs) okay uh if now usually at a girl scout cookie sales outside of a shop right supermarket wherever uh I'm, i'm pretty sure there has to be some type of an adult there would you agree with that yes yes so I would argue that that parent would say, Kimmy, get out of here. You have no business being here. Get out. And Kimmy would most likely get out because that's what she's been told her entire life. <laughs> so she'd be like, all right, all right, Tanneritos, time to get out of here. And then she would like leave. So, yes, that, that could be a sabotage. And she, she could you know come over here and be like, oh, what are you guys doing with this money? And, I mean, if she tries screwing up the operation, like if she tries to convince the kids what to do with that money, I would just call the cops. And I'd just be like, hey, this girl here is harassing these Girl Scouts. And, you know, she's trying to tell them what they should do with, you know, their money for the troop and um, trying to have an influence over her. And then I would use that as a teachable moment for the kids like they do in Full House. And I'd be like, see, kids, like this is the type of person you don't want to be in life. You don't want to be a gibbler. You don't want to be someone who's telling other people what to do with their money. Steve, how long were you working you on that have... Kimmy Gibbler impression? Did you think it's pretty good? It was great. It was fantastic. Thanks. Did and you practice like after... it for like four hours? Uh, it's like three and a half. I could have gone four. I could That's really great. hit it, nailed on. But like while they're going over that, you know, little lesson, you could hear like do 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 playing in the background. You know, really really hit home of uh, the the message that the kids should be getting there. You watched a bunch of YouTube clips on Full House, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because no ep- not every episode ends like that. So, 
you know, you really got to go through a whole bunch of them in order to feel out what the what the episodes are like. Um, so can I raise some counterpoints to uh, some of the arguments you brought up? Sure. Um, counterpoint one. You said that Michelle's going to find a great place to sell her cookies like a marijuana dispensary. Uh, well, no, I said she would be that kid who would think of that. But there are no, I'm sure that California does not allow marijuana recreationally. Is that where you're going? Uh, no. What I was going to say is uh, her father, Danny Tanner, is very protective. Uh-huh. Right. Some would say overprotective. He's mm-hmm. never going to let her sell her cookies at a place like that. That's true. That's why if I were Michelle, I wouldn't go to my dad to take me there. I would go with like Uncle Jesse or Uncle Joey. But then her dad's going to find out and then there's going to be a teaching moment at the end of the show where she learns like she can't like go around her dad like that. She's going to get caught. That's fine. It's a te- the whole point of being a Girl Scout is learning life lessons and she would learn not to go around your father. <laughs> but then she would fail. I mean, she would still she would still make a ton of she, No, but she would still make a ton of money. But then she would just get in trouble by her dad. Oh, uh, okay, okay, fair point. So, so uh, counterpoint number two, you're you're saying she's such she has such you know sale business genius that she's going to figure out these amazing places to to sell cookies. Yeah, I would like to reference my own uh, Full House episode uh, called Captain Video Part One, which was uh, season five, episode twenty five. Okay, in that. Mich- uh, Michelle is trying to earn a cooking merit badge for the honeybees. Okay. And, you know, you'd think someone who's so great at thinking of things, you know, who knows the best place to sell cookies would have no problem cooking something for the cooking merit badge. Uh-huh. Here, do, do you know the first thing she cooks? Do you does, does this episode sound familiar to you? It does not. She cooks Michelle's Pudding Surprise, which is oh, chocolate pudding familiar. with Velveeta cheese and olives. Okay. That is a disgusting failure. So she bounces back. She analyzes her failures. She learns from her mistakes. And she makes Oreo ice cream with tuna. Okay. Also a disgusting failure. Okay. So then, in what can only be described as meh, she freezes orange juice and calls it uh, orange, orange juice on a stick, a.k.a. a popsicle, something that already exists. And somehow okay. that's cooking for the cooking merit badge. So this what, is the what type of genius we're talking about. Now, I'm not saying that she is the next Gordon Ramsay here. I'm just you're, saying you're that saying she's a problem solver and she's going to come up with creative solutions. And I'm right, saying to, to selling mm. to selling her cookies. She's not. Thank God, she's not making these cookies. <laughs> I mean, if she was selling these cookies, I mean, she would she would be making no money whatsoever. But in terms of a businesswoman, she knows her her market. She knows her customers. I'm not sure she she's going to know these things. I think she will. I mean, the the construction site is 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 evidence right there that she knows where to set up shop. She could have just got lucky. Want. I mean, sometimes in business, that's how it is. You just sometimes you get lucky, or your dad gives you a million dollar loan, and you can start off a business. That does happen a lot. That's true. Yeah. But uh, some other things I want to bring up with Michelle. It's not only just the selling, which is important, but you got to bring people in. Now, Michelle is very famous for having certain catchphrases. She has things like, don't worry, be happy. You're in big trouble, mister. You got it, dude. Capiche. Uh, this is nuts. Just doing my job. It will be my pleasure. No way, Jose. Don't touch my ice cream, which is a classic. Now, these are all 
re, uh, great phrases that she uses in the show. And she can make up her own phrases that she could use while she's selling her Girl Scout cookies. You know, someone says, hey, can I have a box of caramel delights? You got it, dude. And they'll be like, oh, Michelle. And another one she says is, don't cry, big boy. Oh, hey, do you have any thin mints? Oh, sorry, we don't. The guy's like, oh, man, he gets all upset. Oh, don't cry, big boy. And he's like, oh, Michelle, I'm going to come back tomorrow. So, and like, this is not nuts you know he goes oh can i have this cookie and she goes oh yeah this is nuts and it could be the one that has nuts in it or something i don't know which one has nuts but those are the types of things that gets your your customers excited happy makes them laugh They'd probably be more likely to buy another one and when you hear a you know seven-year-old saying these types of phrases the customers are going to be like oh this is so cute this is great i mean that's why they have you know, young children selling these Girl Scout cookies because you don't want to be buying them from a 30-year-old, you know, sweaty, greasy man who's doing back deals, shady stuff with Walmart. Look, okay, I I assume you were attempting to reference Tommy Boy with that crude that's, that's analogy. What that's what I was doing. So let's let me ask you this. Okay. You get a knock at your door. You peek out. You see that recognizable stack of Girl Scout cookies. You're like, yes, Girl Scout cookie sales. Right. Now, imagine the extra surprise when you open the door, and it's this fun-loving uh, Chris Farley guy. And he's like, hey, man, want to buy some cookies? And then he comes in, and you have a beer with him. You you eat some cookies. You I'd, watch... be so, I'd, be, I'd be so scared. I'd be like, where's the, where's the Girl Scout? Chris Farley is so likable that like I would just I would invite him in and have a beer with him and then I'd buy like twenty boxes of Girl Scout cookies from him. Well like well then, you know, if you have say say he does have his daughter with him, this imaginary daughter that he has that's part of the canon now. Say he does have the daughter with him and they both go into your house and she tells her troop leader, Oh yeah, like I was with daddy and we went into some guy's house and my daddy just had a bunch of beers with the guy. Like, like, what is going so on? First thing, that is something Chris Farley would do. Oh, absolutely. And second thing, fair point. He probably can't do that when he brings his daughter with him. And he needs to have his daughter with him. I don't think that's a rule. When I buy I mean, cookies from people at work, they don't have their kids with them. I still buy the I, cookies. That's a little different, though, because you know that they have a daughter. If there's a stranger at my door and I open it and it's this big, I, you know, greasy fat guy and he's like, want to buy some girls? Go cookies. That's not how Chris that's Farley my, talks. That's not I was going to say, it's my best. I haven't worked really hard on that one. <laughs> But I'd be like, what? I'd be like, where's your daughter? So that's I agree that's going to be like your initial reaction. But then as soon as he starts talking to you, you're going to be like, this guy's amazing. He's so great. Maybe. I mean, yes, I would I would like him, but I would still be concerned. I wouldn't let a guy selling Girl Scout cookies without a Girl Scout in my house. I would if it was Chris Farley. Well, if Chris Farley knocked on my door right now with selling Girl Scout cookies, I'd be concerned. If I'd it, be like, where have you been? A person with the personality of Chris Farley. Would just be a, a a really fun person. I mean, they would be a very fun person, person, but I would just be like, "All right, well, where, where's where's the Girl Scout? What are you worried about? I mean, let's, what's the worst case scenario? Get killed? Are you saying a murderer would go through all the trouble of getting a bunch of Girl Scout cookies to pretend to be a Girl Scout cookie salesperson just to murder you? Or this is getting really dark. They could uh, overdose you with drugs. Yeah, but he wouldn't need to go through all the Girl Scout cookie stuff for that. I don't know. You're right. That's just I'll an elaborate that. murder. That's not likely. Yes. Just as something, just me as a as a person, 
I, if I'm buying Girl Scout cookies, I wouldn't want some stranger showing up that doesn't have a Girl Scout with them. All right, I understand. I understand. So, I mean, like I said, Michelle, she has the selling experiences. Uh, she is a member of an organization that is just like uh, the Girl Scouts. And uh, she has those catchy catchphrases that she can say while people are walking by in order to try to try to get people to approach the Girl Scouts. And, I mean, she's a cute little girl. I mean, no one would say no to Michelle Tanner. She almost always got what she wanted she in that show. She is adorable. Anyway. She is adorable. So Tommy so, Boy has and, some 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 catchphrases as well. All right, what would what would he use? Uh, one of his catchphrases is "fat guy in a little coat." Not really okay. a catchphrase. He puts so on Richard's coat, who's he, who he's much bigger than, and if he put the coat fully on, he'll probably rip it. So he puts it on part ways and then dances around and says "fat guy in a little coat" like over and over, and then <laughs> accidentally rips it. So would he do that while they're selling Girl Scout cookies? <laughs> no, that's like, a horrible like, cookie catch. Fat guy holding little boxes or cookie boxes. Fat guy holding cookie boxes. Uh, no, he would not do that. Okay, I'm just saying he has catchphrases too. It's a very quotable okay. movie. But he could he could use those catchphrases that he that he'll come up with. Yeah, I mean he'll come up with something. It probably won't make sense. Uh, something else that I found out about Michelle that I wanted to include. This has nothing to do with my argument. Just a nice little connection here. Uh, uh, Michelle's favorite color is green. The color of the Girl Scouts. Green. So she fits the part. I can see her with the Girl Scouts. The color green. Just just fun fact. I'm not saying that that would help her sell. I just thought that, that was a that was a fun little fact here. Found another so Tommy she- Boy quote. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. So would you go around hugging people? He says that when, when he meets your... Rob Lowe, his new stepbrother. So would you uh, would you do that when you when you made a sale? Definitely. Might like skeeve somebody out. There's another he... quote that he tries to. It's actually like a running joke because he it's his father's quote that he butchers a couple times and then he gets it right. I can get a good look at a T-bone by by sticking my head up a bull's butt, but I'd rather <laughs> oh, take a yeah. butcher's word for it. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> That also doesn't apply great to Girl Scout cookie sales. But some of your catchphrases were admittedly a stretch. This is nuts. This is nuts. That you're taking it out of context and just describing something with nuts. It's not really a a catchphrase at that point. It's a play on words with what she says and with what is contained inside that individual cookie. Yeah, I, I agree. I get it. I'm just saying it's not like catchphrase level this is nuts like hey have you guys heard about that girl who sells those cookies and every time you ask for i don't know what's one that has nuts are there any with nuts there's gotta be uh there probably is yeah the you got it one is a better yeah or you yeah like oh can i have this oh you got it dude yeah that's that's a better uh a better catchphrase for you if someone like if someone tries like stealing from them or if someone's like Oh, could I? I bought one. Could I get a second one half off? Like she could be like, "You're in big trouble, Mister." Like that'd be funny. I think I think that'd make me laugh if I was that person. That's just my own thing. There is a, a Girl Scout cookies called Trios that have that have peanuts in them. There we go. So that'll be the one. Hey, can I have some Trios? This is nuts. <laughs> that was my best Michelle Tanner impression, by the um, way. Not as good as your Kimmy Gibbler, but pretty good. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't work that hard on the on the uh, Michelle Tanner one. Uh, anything else you want to add, Chris? You want to have any uh, fun facts? I do have some fun facts. All right, let's go for so it. So I mentioned earlier Rob Lowe was uncredited. Yes. Uh, he played Tommy's stepbrother and had a relatively big part. And that's because he was uh, contractually obligated to Stephen King's The Stand. So he took he basically did the role as a favor to his friend Chris Farley. Huh, that's cool. Uh, here's something else that I was kind of surprised by. According to David Spade, he these are all from IMDb, by the way. According to David okay. Spade, he and Chris Farley got into a physical altercation on the set. Spade had gone out for a drink with Rob Lowe. Farley had become jealous and, uh, and repeatedly asked him, how's Rob Lowe? David got <laughs> so fed up with Chris hounding him that he threw his Diet Coke, and Chris responded by throwing David into a wall and down the stairs. Oh, my God. After that fight, David Spade walked off the set and refused to continue to continue filming so do they film all the scenes i have no clue if he eventually came back after that wow yeah that's just an amazing i mean i feel bad actually i thought they were both like professionals like really close. But yeah I'm doesn't sound it um in the beginning uh, i believe when chris farley passes a test at school to finally graduate uh he's looking at the list of scores one of the names um of the scores is helen keller who scored an f on the test <laughs> um david wow. spade refused to let the set hairstylist work on his hair so Not if you ever thought david spade's hair looks weird in the movie it's because he it was just that's done by him. he just rolled out of bed and yeah. it was done by himself uh yes wow that's interesting uh chris farley's brother appears in uh the wedding scene between his his father and the in the movie Okay. Uh, the film Fifty First Dates uh, has a place called Callahan Institute, funded out of Sandusky, Ohio, which was where the <laughs> auto parts store was, by T.B. Callahan, okay. which is a reference to oh, this film. Oh. That's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, I'll do one more fact. Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to do like two more. Uh, David Spade and Chris Farley were were still on the Saturday Night Live cast during this time, so they were flying back and forth between Toronto and New York to film and rehearse for Saturday Night Live. Wow. That's, that's involved. Yeah. Toronto to New York. That's. And I mean, and, and like the, the prep for Saturday Night Live, I mean, that's got to take all week. I feel between writing and practicing, rehearsing and yeah, doing I mean, like a full right. rest rehearsal and then doing it on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, last fact, the, the role of Helen, the waitress was originally going to be played by Roseanne Barr, but she was busy at the time and unable to appear. Oh, that stinks. That would have been cool if she was in that. Oh, uh, okay, wait, one more. <laughs> Dan, Dan Aykroyd, he filmed all his scenes in two days. Wow. And he's in a good chunk of the movie, too, Yeah, right? I mean, mostly the end and, like, the commercial, so it's not, like, too much, but, he, I mean, it's a good right. amount. That's like with that new uh, Ridley Scott movie when they got rid of uh, Kevin Spacey. They refilmed oh, yeah. it with Christopher Plummer in, like, nine days or something. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, but two days to film all that. I mean, hey, it's a nice paycheck for two days worth of work. I mean, according to the disaster artist, it took a whole day to film certain scenes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, if you could do it all in one day. Or two days, really, that'd be nice. Uh, a couple things I have here about Michelle. Uh, she's one of the main characters who's in every episode. She's the only character who does not have an informal name. Like, you have Steph, DJ, Joe, Jess, Dan... But Michelle, they never shorten it. 
They do call her Munchkin sometimes. I was going to say, I think sometimes some of the characters have a nickname, but... Yeah, yeah. Just not a shortened, informal name. But, but uh, fun fact, uh, she, the character, is ambidextrous. She uses her left hand and her right hand, and that is because Mary-Kate is left-handed and Ashley is right-handed. So sometimes you'll see her doing both. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that's kind of a cool uh, trivia fact there. And uh, like we were mentioned earlier, she is the only main character from Full House to not appear in the uh, second show, Fuller House. Like, everybody's been in that. Even, like, Alex and the two boys. Alex and I forget what the other boy's name is. Jesse's kids. Yeah, I don't remember. Sorry. Yeah, like, they've been in it. I mean, everybody's been in it. And, and they are just refusing to be on it. And they've written it into the show that she's a fashion designer in New York and that she's just too busy to be on. Uh, there is one scene where they call her because it was Kimmy's like bachelorette party, I believe. And it goes right to her uh, voicemail, Michelle's voicemail. And they all like leave her a voicemail of a lot of her famous catchphrases that we address, like you're in big trouble, mister. Noah Jose. Oh, nuts. And you got it, dude. Uh huh. So she's still she's still in universe. She's not dead. She's still in universe, but she's just refusing to be on the show. the The producers of Fuller House though did try to work around that. They approached Mary Kate and Ashley's younger sister, who is Elizabeth uh, Olsen. Uh, she actually kind of looks like them. Uh, most people know her. She plays Scarlet Wish in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. She was in the Avengers Two and Civil War. And um, they asked her to, would you be Michelle, like grown up Michelle, since she looks so similar. But uh, she turned it down and said that she wouldn't, that she wouldn't do it. Oh. So they, they, I mean, they've been trying. They, they've really been trying to get some kind of continuity here. And yeah, I was always hoping they'd eventually come back just for one scene, even if they don't want to have a line. Just like be in right. the scene. Just, just be there. Uh, Nikki and Alex, by the way, are Jesse That's and what Betty's it is. Kids. I knew it was Alex, Nikki. That's true. Uh, I did find some uh, interesting facts about Girl Scout cookies. So. You want to take a guess what the most popular Girl Scout cookie is? Thin Mint. Yep, that's it. Number one, uh, as of 2011, they accounted for 170 million of the profits, um, and it is also the one that has the most cookies per box. So if you want to get the best bang for your buck, you want to buy Thin Mints. Yeah, that's true. Caramel Delights is like what well, you get like eight of them. Yeah, if that. Uh, depending on your local Girl Scout troop, uh, the names of the cookies can be different. Because they get them from different bakeries. Uh, there are two bakeries. That. Yeah, there are two bakeries that make the cookies. One is called ABC Bakers, and the other one is called Little Brownie Bakers. So uh, some of the cookie titles here, uh, like we've been mentioning, uh, Caramel Delights is one of my favorites, and you said you used to really, really like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what they're also called? Um, no, I don't remember. I used to know Samo- that. They're called Samoas. That's right. I've heard that. Yep. And then uh, there's peanut butter patties, which are also called tagalongs. There are shortbread, which are called trefoils. Uh, there's dosi dos, which is a peanut butter sandwich, basically. And that's pretty much the only ones that are different. Some of the regular ones are the same, like thin mints, thanks a lots. Uh, the thanks a lot would be kind of hard to do a different name for that, because that pretty much just says what it is. Yeah, it's kind of a special name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so those are a couple that have uh, different names. There also is the Girl Scout s'mores, where there's two versions of the Girl Scout s'mores. There's one 
that is basically a graham cracker with marshmallow covered in chocolate. And then there's another one that is like a graham cracker sandwich with chocolate and marshmallow in between. And That's the words Girl Scout s'mores. Yeah, so I've I've honestly I've never had a Girl Scout s'more, so I'd be curious which one of the two uh, we would get. I guess it all depends on which bakery is closest to us, and that's where I guess our local right. And I used to know it. it. I want to say ABC Bakery is the closest one to us. So if ABC Bakery is the closest one to us, us ours would be the ones that are like the cracker covered in the chocolate, not the sandwich. Okay. Yeah. Um, in 1933, you could buy 44 cookies for just 23 cents. I found out of a chart here that shows how the price has increased over time. Uh, the average price, like you said earlier, is about $4. Uh, we're in 2018, so uh, let's say 20 years ago, the average price was about $2.75. So it's it's drastically increased over the years. I mean, and I mean, the cookies are good, don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's kind of getting a little expensive for the amount of cookies you get. But if you get Thin Mints, I mean, you're getting uh, you're getting a good deal right there. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy like five boxes of Thin Mints, one shortbread, one thanks a lot. I see you have your, it's kind of like your donut theory when you have the perfect box of donuts. You know your perfect order of Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, like I, I, I like Thin Mints like five times more than those other ones, so I have to right. risk it. Five right, you gotta better. you gotta overdo it exactly. Um, if you get your cookies from Little Brown Brownie Bakery, uh, there are no high fructose corn syrup. So if that's something that helps you decide where you want to buy your cookies from, maybe you can move to that area if you if you really <laughs> want to. Yeah, if you're the kind of person that will move where they live to have access to a different type of Girl Scout cookie, yeah, yeah, you found the right Go podcast. Let's see. I got a couple more here. Uh, in 1985, there was a 13-year-old who sold more than $25,000 worth of Girl Scout cookies. She, she got the Walmart account? Had, uh, I think she probably had Chris Farley helping her out. Yeah. And uh, you can track on your phone where and when to buy cookies. There, I guess there's some kind of app. It's called uh, Girl Scout Cookie Finder. Oh, boy. So, uh, hey, that's something maybe Michelle can use. I'm sure she's tech savvy, and uh, she can use that as a way to promote her cookies to get people to come to her. But you got to just get people to know about that app because I did not know that that was a thing. Oh, boy. Oh and boy. Um, let's see. Honey Boo Boo is selling Girl Scout cookies. That's really good to know. Um, let's see. Anything else? Mm, yeah, nothing else I can find. I found two different websites. Uh, here's one. There was a cookie shortage during World War II, which makes sense because uh, of the rationing of flour and sugar and butter. Uh, they really weren't able to make as many cookies as they normally would during the war. But um, luckily, we ended up beating them Nazis, and uh, we can have Girl Scout cookies again. Oh, good thing. All good. Yeah, exactly. All good things here. So, yeah, that's a little uh, closeout for um, the fun facts and Girl Scout cookies. You just want to give us a quick wrap-up of your arguments? Uh, sure. We head out of here? So, Tommy Boy Callahan, sales experience. He has He has the personality. He has the business contacts. He has a driver's license. He's going cross country. He's getting the big accounts. He's selling to Walmart. He's selling to Target. He's selling to even smaller hardware stores. Even you know whoever you know, he'll sell a hundred boxes to a hardware store. No big deal. They'll they'll sell. And then uh, he's basically going wholesale with it. He's going to sell. He's going to sell thousands of boxes. Looking back on your art in your arguments, I'm kind of surprised you didn't go for like an actual mechanic, auto parts. 
place. I mean, yes, Walmart does sell those, but you you think with his connections, that's where he'd really want to start first, rather than just going for the for the big fish. That actually is a really good point. He'd also probably need a lawyer because I you're probably not allowed to like resell Girl Scout cookies, but maybe we can find a loophole to make this allowed. Maybe, yeah, I'm sure you can figure something out. Um, let's see. So going on with Michelle here, like I said, she has experience, uh, being very successful in selling, uh, items to people who want it. And also her going out there and finding her, her target audience. She sold those lemonade stand to those construction workers working outside in the hot sun. They're going to get thirsty, need something sweet to, to wet their whistle. Um, so she has had experience with that. I think the argument of, her not being responsible with money doesn't play well into her Girl Scout scenario because that's not really her money. That's her troops money. Whereas in the other instances, that was her money that she had and she was able to spend it however she wanted to. And if she wanted to spend it on a donkey, she had every right to do so. Now, if she stole that money, that would be something else. But Michelle doesn't have a history of stealing money. So I don't think that would happen whatsoever. I wasn't trying and, to say uh, that she didn't have a right to spend the money. I was just saying it would have been a better business investment to maybe put that money back into your cookie sales, maybe um some advertising, uh you know maybe more cookies, maybe like a bigger table. I don't know, all kinds of things. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're allowed to use those funds for that kind of stuff. Well, I guess there, with Girl Scout with Girl Scout cookies, they probably couldn't. You're right. Right, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, Michelle, with with in terms of like the lemonade stand, she could have probably just reinvested that into her stand. But I guess she was happy and she just wanted to celebrate with her earnings. And uh, like I said, Michelle would use uh, some type of creative catchphrases to uh, really help bring in the market, really bring in her customers, and to make people you know really like her. And you know, she she is a young girl who has experience being in some kind of a scout organization where she fits exactly what she's supposed to be doing. Whereas Tommy boy, yes, he might have his now established daughter helping him, but, uh, he's going to be the one really leading the charge. And I just think having a grown adult male, a little overweight and not really that intelligent going up and just selling girls, how cookies might oh, so turn we're, off we're body people. shaming. Now that's great, Steve. Uh, I'm not trying to body shame. I'm just saying, you know, if you have this guy showing up at your door, I mean, look, the way he's dressed too is top, Eyes all crooked. It's not tucked in the back. It's just he's like his hair. He just doesn't look professional. And when when I think of a salesman, I think of someone who looks professional. But we'll, hey, we'll just have to he, agree to disagree on that one. That's right, and that's where we'll have to let the fans decide. So please remember, as always, there will be a Twitter poll where you can vote for who you think would win in selling Girl Scout cookies: Tommy Boy versus Michelle Tanner. Anything else you'd like to add, Chris? No, I think we covered that very thoroughly. I think we did, too. Um, hopefully, everybody out there, if you have Girl Scout cookies or if you have someone who sells Girl Scout cookies, uh, you know, keep it up. I, we love our Girl Scout cookies here. Tweet at us. Let us know. What are your favorite Girl Scout cookies? I'd be kind of curious to see what the uh, the consensus is with our fans here. I'm curious if, like, Thin Mints throughout or are there some – other ones like I've never heard someone say the lemonade one is their favorite. I mean, I've never met a lemonade cookie person either. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Maybe someone out there is the the lemonade fan we've been we've been looking for. I our think whole every life. Girl Scout gets like two boxes of those, just to have because you have that one weird person. Just so like, they're on yeah, the display. I'll take a box of lemonade. Yeah. 
Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so tweet at us, Facebook message us, let us know what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie, and uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, if you thought you know, we did a good job or if we should have missed an argument or should have framed it another way, just let us know what you think. So thank you so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. Now you kids are probably saying to yourselves, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the world by the tail and wrap it around and pull it down and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. You're going to end up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.